Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. guys, welcome to Marriage of Martinis. I'm Adam and here's Danielle. Hi. So this week's episode, I've been on Instagram on stories posting. One of our most downloaded episodes of all time is the mental load episode. I think it's number 85. If you haven't listened to it, you can go back and listen to episode 85, the mental load. Uh, one of our most downloaded and probably one of the most commented on episodes ever. If you loved that episode, or even if you didn't hear it yet, you should go listen to it. But you're also going to love this episode. She, Jancy, I know so you, you love fun. her. I do. Uh-huh. Jancy, if you're listening, we love you. Yeah, he, you really did. I mean, I loved her too. Oh, yeah, of course. But we had so much fun with her recording and being in the city. Oh, yeah, it was so much it fun. It was so much fun. And uh, Jancy Dunn is a New York Times bestselling author. She's the author of five books. And she was a staff writer at Rolling Stone for over a decade, a VJ at MTV for five years. I'm, is she living my dream life or what? She writes for many publications, among them the New York Times, Vogue, Travel and Leisure, Food and Wine, and Parents. I can go on and on. She was a columnist for GQ, Oprah Magazine, and she lives in Brooklyn with her husband, who's also an author, and their daughter. After Jancy had her baby, she found that she was doing virtually all the household chores. It's <laughs> so funny. I mean, it's not relatable at all. Even though she, even though she and her husband worked equal hours, she couldn't believe how imbalanced she and her very well-meaning husband's roles had become, and she was determined to figure out how to save the relationship. She spoke to experts, therapists, and even a hostage negotiator. (laughs) I love that to get insight on how they could better communicate and once again have a strong and successful relationship. She was really determined to make it work and she did the research for us. I love the story about right after the kids were born. Well, yeah. Like his, I'm not going to say yeah, it yeah, yeah. here in the interview, but what, what, <laughs> I guess what his role was in the beginning. Yeah. So far. You're going to relate. If you have kids and you're trying to figure it all out, you're going to relate. The book is so hilarious. It's fun. But it also is really useful. And she gives a lot of good information. And she dug deep to do the research. So I think it'll help moms everywhere feel so much less alone while also offering a useful guide to get through like a really overwhelming time. So we're going to put uh, the link to the book in the show notes, show notes, the link to her. Oh, my God. I can't talk. That's okay. Keep going. And um, enjoy the interview. Yeah. Well, we're so happy you're here. You came all the way from Brooklyn. Uh, gladly. And I, w- I, I, please, you know that I'm a fan. <laughs> How fast did I get back to you, right? Like, sure, I'll be on. Yeah. Okay, but I, I need to say this, that okay, you, re- you rescheduled. 
obviously. Mm-hmm. And then um, on your Instagram and everything, I'm seeing you, – you rescheduled because you're a writer and you write mm-hmm. for like places like the New York Times. and Yes. And they – you're like, they're sending me on a story. So if they tell me to go, I have to go. And I'm like, mm-hmm. of course. Meantime, for the next two weeks, your Instagram is like – looks like my dream life. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You have to – Why? What happened? Well, I write about travel a lot. She um, writes about travel. Yeah. Oh wow! I mean, that's a which that means is a fun she travels. Yeah, that right there. Yeah, but um, I mean, look, there's downsides to all the jobs, and you know what it's like on Instagram because you've written about it of like what your real life is like, and mine is a very um, glossy version of what my life is like. But yeah, the travel is super fun, and I worked for 20 years in order to break into the travel market, and um, also because I'm sort of you know I was writing about health and stuff for a long time, but like. Yeah, age after that, uh, age out of that after a while, like they want, they want the twenty-two-year-olds, mm. and so. But travel, you can be like, you know, you can be older, you can wear big jewelry, and you know, be like an eccentric older lady. So I, I got sent the the subject line was visit shaman in Mexico. So I went and had a shaman experience in Mexico. Oh my god! I'm not. Well, I know Mexico. I don't know shaman. Yeah. What's that? You go into this little room called the Temescal. It's a like a concrete hut. With a bunch of strangers, some of whom were from Sparta, New Jersey, where my parents are from. It was the weirdest thing. I'm like, huh? I'm in the middle of a hut in Mexico. <laughs> anyway, so we're about to – it's in the dark and it's heated, volcanic rocks. And as the door was shutting, somebody said, oh, look at that spider. Well, that's big. <laughs> and it was at like an inch and a half and it was crawling towards me. So do you think I paid attention to what was going on? Oh. I didn't hear one word that shaman said. I'm like, where's the spider? Where's the spider? Is the spider poisonous? Oh, my god. Mexico hospital, uh, health right? insurance. Yeah. And so I was not – I seem adventurous on my Instagram account, but there's all these things I won't do. And that's – now I've added that to my list. So well, maybe no more. Yeah. I was drooling over uh-huh. the whole thing with every post. I was like, oh, pff. yeah, sure, she couldn't come on Marriage and Martinis, but she'd go to Mexico. <laughs> Oh, that was the time you said I'm done with marriage martinis. There's this woman I want to go with and work with her. Right. Oh, that was that. Oh, that was her. Okay. Yeah. Come on along. <laughs> I'm always looking for people to go with me. But I'm so happy you're here. Um, your book, How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids. Now, you mm-hmm. this this is from this was out in 2017. Is that yes? Okay. Yeah. And was that kind of right after you had your? How old is your daughter now? Your daughter? Yes, her name is Sylvie, and she's 10. And the problems started happening, you know, when she was like, well, when she was born, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it reached critical mass when she was like in kindergarten. When I thought. Oh, we're ruining her. And that was the motivation for the book. I know it's a harsh title, but my marketing department was like, how to love your husband after kids is not much of a grabber. It's a brilliant title. I love, you I think love so? It. I actually, you do? I do love it because to me, how not to hate your husband after kids, it's like the manual for the guy so that women are learning okay. how not to hate us and how to treat <laughs> us with respect and the, that we deserve because of all the work we do. He after read the, the kids first seven pages of the book. <laughs> So you weren't offended. That's good because sometimes when well, I listen, do events – Well, it's hard to offend me first of all. Well, especially <laughs> after being on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, how not to hate your husband after I, – I love it. I, I think it's – I don't take offense to that whatsoever. Okay. Is that, is that what you're direct – like is that what well, you would I, think? Well, sometimes I do hear from people and they're like, oh, the title's so harsh. And I'm like, well, you know. 
But there could be just yeah. as easily a book that says how not to hate your wife after kids. So right. it's not like it's an offensive thing. It's kind of like, cool, that sounds awesome. I want to. All kinds of studies show that after kids are born, marriages really struggle. Yes. So all you're doing is you're you're pointing out what is already happening. You're not you're not creating the problem. You're just highlighting it because we need to be able to do something to deal with it. You're right. So this isn't like you're uncovering. This is something that is already in existence and mm-hmm. you're sharing your experience, which is exactly what we need people to do. We need people to share their experiences and that's what this book is is your personal experience, but mm-hmm. also with a lot of really good tips and strategies and how you've kind of overcome it. Yes. So when you when you were pregnant with your mm-hmm. daughter, were you expecting that she was going to be born and like your marriage was just going to stay? I'm assuming it was really strong before she was born or? Totally. I mean, I, okay, I used to work at Rolling Stone and I. At Rolling Stone, she just glosses over that. I used to work at Rolling Stone, the magazine. Oh, Rolling Stone. I I missed even what you said, so I was just kind of letting you go. It was – so the people that I met that I was dating, you know, cokeheads and so forth, you know. And and, and so when I met Tom, my now husband, and we are still married, he was – like a grown-up, and I just loved him. And I remember he we met for our first date, and he showed up on time. And I was so used to being, like, stood up for sometimes hours. I was like, oh, my God, he shows up on time. And it was raining, and he had an umbrella. And I'm like, Jesus, this guy's an umbrella. You know, it was just amazing to me. So we – and I, I married him later on in life. I was, what, 35. And so at that point, I was so happy to meet him that we really didn't fight. And I know how irritating that is when people are like, we don't fight. But it was just because I was grateful to meet him. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, we're going to have the kid and everything's just going to, we're going to work it out the way we always have organically. We're going to talk. We got this, you know. And and we're both writers. We don't like loud noises. We like things quiet. So I figured we're not going to fight. And I am telling you that the fighting started, I mean, Right when my C-section scars started forming. Like, like, well, okay. The minute I – the first week I had the baby, he took up social chess on his computer. He started playing chess, training for the New York Marathon, and, t- and taking up long-distance cycling. So he would literally run away from us and pedal away. And he would sit on the couch and play chess with some guy from the Philippines for hours and hours and hours. And, and like, it's it's nice that he suddenly decided to become well-rounded. But, like, that just started things off. And we fought. We were – it was bad. I mean – Well, I got to have – sorry to interject, but no, I have to have yeah. a little bit of respect for what he did because all he wanted to do was become smarter, become more <laughs> physically fit, and just be able to provide – and be a better husband and you know father. So I get what he was trying to do. So good no. for him. You know, I'm a- I, I don't know if you're kidding around, but like really, <laughs> true, like part of that. I remember I had one counselor defend him and say that's he's thinking of his longevity. Right, exactly. Not and his, not, not, not his short term escape and not yeah. an escape hatch. And so, and you know, he would. The the problem is, I quickly realized is that his life didn't change that much when the baby came. My life completely went cuckoo, and his was kind of the same. His weekends were the same. He still like did all of his sports and hung out with his friends. And I just started, we slipped into this weird thing. And he was, I mean, he's like a, an evolved guy. I mean, I loved him enough to have him, you know, impregnate me. Right. And, and, but it just wasn't, it, we, we fell back into the fifties. It was absolutely bizarre. And what you guys were saying earlier, like 
there's a taboo around that still. Like you don't admit that to other people necessarily. There's a lot of shame around. There was so much shame around our fighting because it got ugly and ugly from I'm from New Jersey. There are many different variations of the word dick that you can use. I mean, there's a million. Dickhead. Bag of dicks. <laughs> dick turd. What is that? I call him every version of dick. I swore at him. He doesn't swear. He like retracts into himself and becomes like like a hermit crab and goes in his shell. And I yell. I pop off as huh, my southern sounds mother Sounds so familiar. Yeah, how about that dynamic? Yeah, oh, right? yeah. When you talk common. about that with your – that mm-hmm. he – you know, you're talking about him stonewalling and he right. shuts down and everything – that is exactly our dynamic. Pursue that I scream right. my head off. Yep. And he just becomes quiet. So I feel like I have to scream more loudly. Right. Because he's obviously not hearing me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. exactly what I, I can't hear you. <laughs> right. The decibel levels are well, not. Well, you would high answer if you could hear. <laughs> you just have to be rational for me to answer and respond to what rational? you're saying. Rational? That is a word I heard all the time. So this is this is what was going on in our house. And like you go on social media and you feel like shit because everyone seems like they're well slept and that their baby isn't crying all the time and that they're having sex and, you know. They're posting their bikini bod pictures six oh, yeah. weeks after their baby is born. Everyone's blessed. Yep. Everyone is blessed. Hashtag blessed. 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 And mm-hmm. I just thought, is anyone else fighting the way we're fighting? And you can't, I feel like you cannot tell your parents or your sisters like i just couldn't give them they have long memories at least my family does and they love tom they think he's the king but they would never forget if i told them something so i really couldn't and i didn't want to tell my friends and now of course all my friends are coming out of the woodwork and saying like oh my god you know you can't believe how much we fought or we would give each other silent the silent treatment for like a year you know and but we weren't talking about it and and these are my intimate friends that you know i nursed them through their parents dying, you know, like heavy stuff. But this is, you know, it's like also your husband is maybe different from a boyfriend. You know, I used to tell my friends everything about boyfriends. Husbands are, you know, your your spouse is a little different. I and feel it's humiliating like. to talk about when you don't know what's going on with anybody else. Well, exactly. And parenting, there's so much pressure anyway, right, to be a good parent. And then you have that too with fighting. And so I thought, okay, I have to do something. And I was I was writing for Oprah magazine and I I knew all these experts and like I was like man if people knew what was going on in my own home when I dispensed this bogus advice for everyone so I thought okay I'm going to try to fix things somehow but it was we were we were talking about separating like it was not mm-hmm. it was not like a stunt for the book like we were we were on our way to you know lawyering up How old was your husband when your daughter was born um, 33. Oh, okay. He's two years younger than me. Okay, because I was going to say, like, I, you know, I don't know oh, how no. about... No, no, no. Danielle, he wasn't. I, I had her when I was almost 43. I'm like an older mom. Uh-huh. And um, so he was 41. So he was 41. He was not... Th- that was when we met. Because I wonder... Runs together. I wonder how much... We have some, some friends who are um, just having their first kid in their 40s. Mm-hmm. And I think... I mean, I think everybody has trouble adjusting. But sometimes I think to myself... Having not had those responsibilities of being a parent for so long and having that independence for so much longer when you wait until you're in your 40s, I mean, it certainly has its perks to wait till you're in your 40s. You get Mm -hmm. to do all kinds of stuff that we didn't get to do because we had our kids young. Yeah. But I also sometimes wonder, like, is it an even harder adjustment? When you're when you're 40 and having a kid, when you've had that independence for so long and your life has been your own and your your only responsibility for so long. You know what? That's a good point. No one's ever brought that up. And you're absolutely right. Because we were together for 10 years, number one. And number two, do you remember when you had your first and you would be like, oh, I'm going to go to Target or whatever. And you then you think, oh, wait, 
there's a baby in our house. Like, you can't just walk out the door anymore. Remember that, like, weird disconnect? And we felt that a lot because we were so used to doing what we wanted. And so, yeah, that was – you're right. That was an adjustment because <laughs> – Right. But, yeah. Well, but yeah, because for us, it was literally being kids, going to school. She yeah. went to college. I was working. We got together. Mm-hmm. We got married. We had kids. Mm-hmm. So we like, never boom. almost had that. Which which had its own all, you know, its own complications and problems. And right. you know, now we can't wait to like be able to finally just know what we're like the two of us because right. it hasn't been. Yeah. But we, we chose to do that to be able to be done early. So instead right. of, you know, front loading, we're back loading where we're, we're, the kids are out <laughs> when we're young. Let's put it that way. But I follow national statistics, right? Because people are having kids later and later. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I know I thought I would be the only like mom, you know, with a baby at age, you know, 40, almost 43. And no, there's lots of us. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, one thing you talk about that um, I related so much is that when he started doing these things, you know, the chess and the training for a marathon and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you and I are very similar in the fact that you you said that your mom used to always say about your dad um, that he needed alone time. Mm-hmm. And that men just, you know, by nature, we think that they just need their time alone. And I used to do that. I used to make that excuse for Adam all the time when he would go out to dinner by himself after work and everything. And mm-hmm. he would go to Atlantic City sometimes for a couple of nights by himself. And I used to say, oh, he works so hard. He needs this time alone. And like – after a certain point, you sort of like asked somebody and they were like, that's bullshit. <laughs> yes. I th- I really thought there was some sort of research backing this up, like sociological, psychological, like something that separated men and women because I've heard that all my life. And we would, you know, I mean, not that my dad was explicit, but we would kind of tiptoe around and like, oh, let him decompress, you know. And my mom, you know, stay at home. She was a stay at home mom and like they need to decompress too. God knows, you know, and and – and then when I was digging, I couldn't find anything. And I went I went to, like, the top guy at Harvard. Like, I, I'm like, where is the research? And there really isn't any. Humans need time alone. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's just that women talk themselves out of it. You know, and I do this thing called time contamination where if I get 20 minutes alone, I, oh, my God, I did it on the way over here. I, I came here early. I was so excited. I got here way early and i'm like okay i can't i'm gonna creep them up if i i mean creep them out if i show up early ah h&m so i went over to h&m and i went straight to the third floor where the kids are to look for kids clothes and it's like no no i just did what i preach not to do which is like you get 20 minutes so you do something for your kids right or you go to the grocery store or to target or whatever you know um or date night you're talking about your kids or oh my god yeah and that's time contamination where you don't do anything solely for you and part of that was definitely which is again I examine my own behavior in this book. It is not like, you know, a manifesto against Tom. I was being a martyr. And it's just that's also ingrained. Like yeah. do stuff for others all the freaking time. But I think we've kind of mastered this over the last year. Mm-hmm. We're learning that we both need the time. We both need an equal amount of decompression. Oh, every it, single equal? weekend. Uh-huh. We Every single weekend, mm-hmm. Danielle gets her at least an hour she goes upstairs, leaves with the dogs, takes a nap or watches TV, whatever she needs to do. Okay. She does the same for me. Either it's her first, me second, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we make sure that we're doing everything with the kids, that they have activities, we're involved with them. But there's at least an hour to two a day that we just get to, I watch TV, by alone, close the door. Nobody's coming in. But do the kids know not to come in? Yes. They really do. Are they trained? Well. No, they do. 
They they do, but they know not to. <laughs> yeah, right, they do come in. They know they're not supposed to, but they do. No, I think we're pretty good about once in a while. We they're, try, they're... we try. But, no, you're, you've got. I mean, you're you're really good at that now. But there was definitely a time where you know I was a stay at home mom, and so right. I used to think to myself, he, you know, he works, mm-hmm. so he needs the time by himself. Meanwhile. It's not like I was at a spa all day. I was taking my kid, care of my kids all day. So right. I should have had the same. But I do think that that's a, like a societal thing that must have just been established over time that, you know, the man comes home and he sits in his chair and you bring him a beer and he gets some time. To, mm-hmm. And I think no, it's, keep going. it's just I like this. <laughs> Are you getting turned on? Yeah, <laughs> Boing. <laughs> exactly. This episode has been sponsored by Best Fiends. When you need that occasional break from reality like we all do and you want to challenge your mind and have fun all at the same time, you've got to check out this game Best Fiends. Best Fiends, it's a puzzle game that you can play right on your phone and it's really cool because you go through all these levels solving challenging puzzles that actually engage your brain, but it's a casual game that anyone can play. It's really fun and it's not just for kids. It's not just for adults. I am constantly in challenge with my eight-year-old son. We go back and forth on who's on a higher level and we both have so much fun playing this game. And the really cool thing about it is that you don't need an internet connection to play. If you're on an airplane, if you're on a bus, if you're on the subway, wherever you are, you can play the game. It has these really fun, bright colors in the game, these really cute little characters that you keep unlocking, which has new challenges, and the game is updated monthly. The game never gets old. There's always these new strategic things that you have to figure out to play the game. It's really so much fun. You have to check out this game. It's Best Fiends. That's friends without the R. F-I-E-N-D-S. So engage your brain now with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or on Google Play. Remember, that's friends without the R. Best Fiends. We did our self-care and wellness episode a few weeks ago. I think everyone uh, got the gist when I say, I don't really make kale smoothies. Uh, I don't drink a lot of green stuff or eat a lot of green stuff. No, come on. Give yourself a little credit. All right. Maybe I eat some, you know, when I can. But it turns out that even if we try really hard to eat stuff like kale salads and drink green smoothies, we're still not getting all of our essential nutrients that we need on a daily basis. That's one of the reasons why I love Ritual. My personal favorite thing about Ritual that makes it so different for me than other vitamins that I've tried is that it doesn't make you feel nauseous. It's a no nausea capsule design that's gentle on an empty stomach and there's no fishy aftertaste that's common with most omega-3s. And for those of you who are like obsessive about reading labels and everything, Ritual's vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, allergen-free ingredients and their sources are out there for the whole world to see. It's completely transparent. A subscription is easy to start and it's easy to pause, to snooze. It's only a dollar a day to have all the essential nutrients your body needs delivered every month, no strings attached. Better health doesn't happen overnight, and right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash MNM to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash MNM, R-I-T-U-A-L dot com slash MNM. 
My friends who are stay-at-home moms, I have one who has three kids at the time they were like under six and her husband would say like, oh, you're in the park all day. And I said, you tell him to go to the park with three kids under six. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my kid was a run out in traffic kid, one of those, you know, and it you're you're like an eagle. You're not you're not chilling at the park. You're making sure they don't kill themselves. You know, it it's it's work. And if it wasn't work, he would have done it, you know. But it's interesting that you're able to do your time at home because I always say, like, leave the house. But I like staying in my house. I'm a homebody. Same. Mm-hmm. Right? Too. Yes. Exactly. And I don't want to, like, get in a car and go somewhere. It sounds terrible. Yeah, it sounds yeah. awful. Screw you just want to stay in, your, in yeah. your joggers that I don't jog in, you know. Right. Totally. And just chill. Yeah. Yeah. But that's good. That that one hour. You can do a lot in an hour. Yeah. And it's new. We didn't – I mean, we no, didn't we always – Stop saying that. Uh-huh. You don't want to do a lot in the hour. You want to decompress. Oh. You don't want to get things done. <laughs> I mean, done. you could see a lot of um, episodes of The Office. <laughs> right, right. You, you do you three. Can... Binge three, the twenty minutes. Yeah. Exactly. That, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean by doing. Good. A lot. Okay, I just no, want yeah. to make sure yeah. that we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you, what, at what age did you turn to your husband and you said to him, um, well, "We got to do something about this"? Like, at what age was your daughter when you turned to him and you were like, "This is not working"? Okay, there was a, there was a, there was two different things, and one was that when he would go away on business because he goes away to do stories sometimes too. I. I was much happier. Uh Uh-huh. Like, because, you know what it was? It was because there was no resentment. Because if if you have a little kid, like a two-year-old, you know, you're not going to get angry that they're not helping you out. They're two. So I knew exactly how everything was going to work. And things were just more peaceful because I wasn't fuming, which is another problem that I had is fuming. Like, expecting him to read my mind, which I shouldn't have done. He wasn't wasn't paying attention. He couldn't read my mind. And I wasn't articulating what I needed. But I can remember we used to fight. Um, over my kid's head, she, she used to watch um, Curious George, which I kind of liked too. I sort of got into it myself. <laughs> it's sort of soothing. We would fight over her big, bulbous toddler head, you know, and it would be like, no, you, oh, you think you're fucking doing that on the weekend? What? No, no, you're not. You know, it, obscene hand gestures, the whole bit. And we started, I realized we were changing her personality. She was becoming, she was like this goofy, exuberant kid. And I can remember um, I was I was yelling at him for something, and he was doing the thing where he was like backing away and shutting me off. And she jumped in front of him and said, "Stop yelling at Daddy!" Because what mm-hmm. she saw, he was the one who wasn't helping me. But what she saw is me like freaking out on him. Yeah. And of course, in her three year old mind, I'm attacking him, and I'm this harridan. And I thought, ah, and like she was just becoming a little more watchful. And sadly, my motivation. For doing this whole project and, like, I didn't know how it was going to end. I really didn't. Like, I, I knew if I tied it up into a bow when it wasn't, if, you know, we might not have made it. And I thought that could even be a compelling book, too. If it ended where we split up, like, don't do what we did. It's too late for us, but, like, here's a warning. Mm-hmm. We I love how you're repair. thinking about how it's going to affect the book. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all about sales. <laughs> right. That got I sold in 12 it. countries. Like, nothing, I had a lot on nothing me. Nothing but respect you know? for that. Nothing so, but respect. You know, so that was one thing. And sadly, it wasn't like, oh, my marriage is in the toilet. It was, uh-oh, we're ruining our kid. Like, kid-centric, 100%. And then the other was, oh, wow, things are kind of more peaceful when you're not here. I wonder how that would be permanently, how that could work. And that was – I was plotting in a really calculated way like, huh, could we do that? Because I don't see this getting any better. And then and then I thought like because everything, everything in my life I turn into a book or an article like it's just ridiculous. I thought I'll try to do a book proposal. I don't know if anyone's interested. I, I try a lot of stuff. It doesn't stick. And then that one stuck. And when I sent it out, 
a lot of publishers came a calling and people would come in and be like, oh my God, we have this problem. You know, a, lo a lot of um, women head up these publishing companies or at least certain departments and they were like, I hate my husband, we gotta talk, let's, let's go, 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 go. So, so that was it. And so I thought, okay, I'm gonna try these experts as like a Hail Mary and if it works, great. And if it doesn't, we'll see what's up. That was a really long answer, sorry. Jesus no, Christ. No, no. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you when you proposed the book to him, was he sort of like, no, you're not. I'm not. You're not writing a book about all our issues. Like he's very because private. It's can I nightmare. say something? It's uh -huh. a little bit. It's a little bit similar to when I said to Adam, we should start a podcast about all our problems, right? Yeah. Like you're coming to them with this. All right, let's put it out there for the world to say. Like you go mm -hmm. from not wanting to tell any of your friends or any of your family, which right. is exactly what happened to us when we were going through our stuff. To oh, let's just tell it to. You know, a couple hundred thousand Everybody. strangers <laughs> yeah. and see. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, coming to him with that idea, were you sort of like, he's never going to go for this? Oh, yeah. I mean, was Adam right away like, oh, hmm. Yeah, okay. Kind of. <laughs> were you? What but, made you say yes? He was drunk. <laughs> ah, got it. I didn't think to add booze to the yes. equation. Oh, oh yeah. That helps. But no. So you're like, hold this pen. Can you hold this pen? All right, sign this. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I had never done anything like this before. Never spoken into a mic. Never did public speaking. Matter of mm -hmm. fact, I'm such an. I don't want to put myself. I'm not such an introvert. I'm, I'm pretty much an introvert. I I have limited friends. I don't want a big group of friends. Yeah. I don't want to go out every weekend with friends. I love seeing them when we do. I love all that. But I'm not a t like stick me into a in a party. Mm-hmm. And I'll, you'll find me in the corner, like shriveled over, like mm -hmm. everybody, please leave me alone. I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> and I, I'm not. I haven't much changed. I'm still that way, but I like talking into the mic. I like these one-on-one -on -one conversations because I don't see anybody. So it's just Danielle and I talking and having a discussion. And we needed to do something, which I guess mm -hmm. is probably what you sort of said to your husband: is we need to do something. I did. Yeah, I pitched yeah. it to him. I sort of pitched it to him mm -hmm. because I said, like, "Are you happy?" Is this what you want to do? And that was one advantage. But I'm the same way as as you. Like, I present as an extrovert, but I'm a deep introvert. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how I get out and do the things that I do. Don't you wonder sometimes, like, how you do? But also, you've gotten a lot of positive feedback, though, from people saying, right, like, thank God you're talking. Because I have, too. I hear from people every day. Like, mm -hmm. I'm so happy you brought this out in the open. And it gives you the courage to sort of do what you have to do. Well, how do you right? handle the negative? Or do you get? Um. I do sometimes, but it's mostly from – I can remember I – oh, God, I went on this one radio show, and the guy said to me, um, oh, wow, we got a dozen guys that want to talk to you. And I thought, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, but they all were saying like – oh, every single one of them was nice. By and large, people are nice, and they say yeah. like – you know, I'm I'm divorced. I wish I had listened to my my. I wish I listened to my wife when she was saying I'm unhappy. Like you know, if I could change things now, I would. And people, have, there's a little bit of negative, and I get it. And um, and it's mostly people that haven't read the book, so I understand. And exactly. I just explain. Sure. Like, yeah, we see I, we see that you know, in some of our negative right. Comments, and it's like where you, you know, know they yeah, didn't you listen, listen to or no, listen yeah. to one episode. Oh, no, right. They or just saw the, your cover. Or just the first right. five minutes, and they're like, I don't want to listen to this. They don't know what they're talking about. You right. know, you know. Right, and then you're like, oh, all right. But if it's, I mean, it would really hurt me if it was someone that read the book thoroughly or that was like big fans of you guys. But it's not, it's not like that. No, generally, no. Yeah. Okay, so when. What was your set? What was your lineup for what you were going to try first for the book? What, you know, what what was the first thing that you wanted to put into place to make it all better? Okay, to really set off an explosion, and 
I, and this was this was another thing that horrified me um, when I went. I started researching, and uh, just to go back to something else, um, there's research about um, babies. Even when their parents are arguing, they get a stress response in their brain. These these scientists measured brain waves of babies six months old when their parents' voices were raised and argumentative, and babies were stressing out. And I thought, oh, my God, like, I've stressed out my, you know, because at the time, I'm like, oh, she doesn't speak English, who cares, you know? But we were stressing her out from six months up, and that's not a good feeling. So I thought... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I would start with like a big bomb to really kickstart things. And at oh, the Oprah magazine where I, I had a column and I worked there for a long time, people were like, oh, you need to go to the man from Boston. And I'm like, who's this guy from Boston that people keep talking about? His name is Terry Real. Now we're friends and we email each other and he signs his emails, hugs, T. And, but at the time, he is, he's scary. He charges 800 an hour and we had a five-hour session. Yes, let's do the math. Mm-hmm. Took it out of my book advance. And I thought, we're going to go to Boston and he's going to yell at both of us and, and he's going to set us on a different path. So I wanted to do something kind of dramatic. And so we, we went up to Boston, to the man from Boston. I booked a session with him. It was this marathon session. And he basically like tears you a new one. And it felt kind of weirdly good. Yeah. And this is how dysfunctional we were. We never went out because, again, going back to I don't like to go out at night either. It hangs on my calendar like a spider. Like I just want to be home. And so we never even had a regular babysitter. And we brought our child to our our yelling marriage session. We got her some micro – we got her like some headphones. <laughs> I, I loaded up her iPad. I gave her like a giant bag of candy and like, you know, cookies. And I'm she like, was in heaven. Yeah. Six hours. She didn't move from her chair even to pee, Right. She said it later. She said it was one of the most awesome days of her life. Her parents' intense marriage session, right? So we had this what they call an intensive, and he set us down, and he, it, you know, he he's able to drill down to things. He does like celebrities and you know rich people that can afford these sessions that are ongoing, and we just did one weekend, but he can drill down to what your problems are in 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 half an hour, and he he did a thing with me separately and then Tom separately, and then he did us together. And he was like, I, I would say, you know, I, 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 I cook dinner. I've got 50 things going on. I'm helping her with her homework. I'm doing this. And he's just sitting on the couch. And he's like, well, do you say anything to him? And I said, well, no, but how could he not know? I'm, I'm, I'm like hate preparing dinner. How could he not know that I'm angry? And he's like, be direct. What's your problem? Why are you a martyr? Climb off the fucking cross. And I'm like, oh, whoa, you know, you're a martyr. You're very comfortable with your self-righteous indignation. And I was like, what? wait, what? You know, but, but, I'll pay but, you for but, this? yeah. And then he, but then he turned to Tom and he was like, and you, this is the 21st century. Get your ass off the couch. Your wife needs help. She's worn out. Look at her, you know? And I'm like, wait, look at her. What's wrong with me? Am I, you know, and, and he, he went off on Tom and Tom was turning gray. Oh, you must have loved it. I did. I was like, this is worth the $4,000. <laughs> and he mostly, I have to say, it was like 
maybe 85% at Tom. And he was, he was saying like, why are you not helping? Why, you both work the same amount of hours. We're home, we work to, we, he works at one end of the kitchen table, I work at another, we both write. I know exactly how many hours he works. You know, he's right there. And he said, what, well, you, you have to help her, it starts today. This ends today, you're helping her. You're, you're gonna, this is the way, and he gave us scripts to use. Um, one script, this is so silly and fundamental, but I wasn't doing it. He said, uh, Jancy, you're going to have to start saying what I'd like you to do is. You would think this would have occurred to me. Never did. And so I learned to not um, glare at him or like, you know, mutter swear words under my breath, but say, Tom, what I'd like you to do is, it's like, like my calm voice, uh, get up and help me empty the dishwasher. <laughs> you know, like like just calm. And and then with him, he would, you know, he would say to Tom, you know, we, we had, after that, Tom, um, he would say, like, how can I help? Have Tom say, what can I say that will make you feel better right now? And and that really did I help, love even that. though I had to tell him what to say. Can you write that down, Adam? I want you to write a few of these things down, too. <laughs> and, you know, need a hand. To me, need a hand is the golden phrase. It's like I'm wearing breakaway clothing if right? you're saying need a hand. So he started saying that right away. Like, he was so scared at having to go back to Terry Real that he really started changing his behavior right away. But so did I. I stopped I stopped being self-righteous, checking myself when I was doing it. And I was doing this thing called maternal gatekeeping. And this was a big one that he also clued me in on, where I would shut him out. Tom, I realized I was doing it way in the beginning. Tom would try to bathe the baby, and I would hang over him. And maternal gatekeeping is where you keep your, your husband at arm's length, where you're either you can do it with nonverbal um, gestures like snorting, <sighs> rolling your eyes or saying like, wait, are you trying to bathe her? No, look, look at her head flopping. What? She's going to drown. You know, that's what I would do all the time. And, and my, my favorite phrase was give her to me. And after a while, when I would do that, I became the authority figure when I didn't know what the hell I was doing either because I, I, I shut him out, you know, and I realized I was doing it all the time. You know, people always say to us, they say, Danielle, Adam. <laughs> I love this, the theatrics going on. How do you keep your marriage so wonderful and healthy and strong and... We hear that all the time. No, one person said that. Did they? No. There was one? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, but I do think, I say all the time that of everything that we've done, date night has been a consistent way that we have really reconnected. And I do think that it's one of the best things that we have ever done for our marriage is a consistent date night. Our kids love to see that we love to go out together. We love going out and reconnecting with each other. And I think it's really important. And now there's Bambino, which is a game-changing babysitting app that's fast becoming a household name. Bambino helps families find, book, and pay trusted neighborhood sitters using their personal and social networks. The app was introduced in 2016 and already has more than 200,000 registered users around the country. Rather than searching through a vast database of strangers, Bambino uses recommendations from friends and neighbors to help families find sitters that live down the street and around the corner. Using community feedbacks and comprehensive safety checks, they help match the right sitter with the right family every time. Bambino is more than an app. It's a community dedicated to creating the safest, most caring network of families and sitters out there. Simply put, Bambino is babysitting made easy. 
Bambino is so confident you'll love their service. They are providing all our listeners $10 off your first booking. Just use promo code MARRIAGE when you request your first sitter. So head to BambinoSitters.com, that's B-A-M-B-I-N-O, Sitters.com, and put in promo code MARRIAGE for 10% off your first booking, or head to your app store and search for Bambino. When I text with a bunch of moms at school, you know, and we're like texting about some mom that did something funny or whatever, we're text gossiping. Tom will say like, oh, what are you, what are you texting about? He wants to know. And I, I realized I would say things like, oh, you wouldn't be interested. Well, he, he is interested. It's his child. It's the parents of his kids' friends. He is interested. And so I just started including him more. I would CC him um, on play dates, emails that I would arrange. Like I just brought him in and it was it was interesting. The more I brought him in, the more it helped. And then I, t- I called um, – I was at the gym. Do you want me to just keep going? I'm sorry. You're, you're like, no. I have questions for you. No, but, no, no, not at all. Just uh, please I mean, please don't try to bring me in more. <laughs> I'm not into that. He's you're like, like, a, he's like oh, shit, I don't want to be CC'd on play dates. Yeah, don't no, CC me. Keep me don't out of blind the CC dates. me. Don't CC. Yeah. <laughs> right. But our kid's friends come over and he's like, hey – friend number four like he doesn't know anybody's names or... oh no I, just recently i called the kid but they're the all wrong... zach hey you i called no i called hey, him the wrong name in front of oh, the parents in front of that oh my god yeah and, and, Dan- and da- Danielle goes like right there. She's like, "Did you just call him the wrong name?" And I'm like, "I don't fucking know. I don't yeah. care. I could give a shit." Well, half of them are They're all Zach. Zach anyway. That's it. Yeah. I know all... a thousand Zach or Noah. You're almost covered. Right. Like 90%. Exactly. Exactly. And then, so then I'm at the gym. I have a gym on my corner, and I do the same thing every day, which is the elliptical. I never do anything different. So I'm on the elliptical with all the seniors at my gym. I go at two thirty, and um, with all the people who are wearing like oh, that's my jeans. nap time. Jeans and business pants. I'm telling you, 2.30 is the golden hour because you'll feel like um, a personal trainer because every that's when the seniors <laughs> that's when come the out. the old people come yeah. before the early bird special. Oh, yeah. And so, <laughs> so I'm at the gym and I see a bank heist and it's in Texas. And all of these crisis negotiators um, came and swarmed this guy and took away his gun after like three minutes. And they calmed him down and he was yelling. He was nuts. He was – and I thought – Wow, how did they do that? And I thought about my tendency to explode, and I thought, wait, could could they use those techniques on me? So I called the head of the FBI crisis negotiation <laughs> unit for 30 years. His name's Gary Nussner, and he put down prison riots. That's dedication. Waco. He's also my friend. We had we had dinner together not long ago in the city, and um, and I said, could could that work on a marriage on a on a? And he was like, well, it usually works for. It's an eight point system that usually works for agitated individuals. And I'm like, I'm an agitated individual when my husband doesn't help me out, you know. And he said, yeah, I think it could work. Let's try it. So and we, now he's in Boston charging eight hundred dollars an hour also could. for That's his the FBI. Thing. <laughs> That's the thing. He does these speaking engagements. I'm like, Gary, really get into counseling. Like, you got to get. Yeah, that's is. it. You got to get into marriage counseling for yeah. the money. Oh my god. And um, yeah, insurance isn't paying for that, right? And so he told me there was all these things, and if if I could recommend one thing, it would really be some of these FBI, like, calm down an agitated individual behavioral staircase, they call it. And one is paraphrasing. That is the golden thing that has helped us because people just want to be heard. And everyone told me this. Neuroscientists, social scientists, counselors, the FBI guys, Gary and this other guy I interviewed who from another part of the FBI – and they were like, people want to be heard. And what your problem is, is you're not, you feel like you're not being heard. And that's why you yell more loudly. Like you, you just want to be heard. You want to be understood. So he said, paraphrasing, number one, get your husband 
to paraphrase what your just repeat in his own words what your issue is. And so Tom was not good at it at first because he was tuning me out. I know what he was doing. He was like playing his own like Netflix show in his head and not listening to me. Like my mouth was like blah, blah, blah. And, but when he had to, you can't fake a paraphrase. So he would be like, okay, um, so what you're telling me is you're upset because I don't know the name of our child's pediatrician. Is that it? And I'm like, yes, it's Dr. Gordon. You know, yes, yes, that's it. And when he would, when I felt that he was hearing me, I would calm down. The wind would go out of my sails because he was listening. Or even if he was paraphrasing and he just like completely screwed it up and it was the wrong one, he'd be like, okay, so you're upset that I walked past the bag of garbage by the front door. He can step over a bag of garbage that I leave for him to take out when he's leaving for the day. Like he truly doesn't see it. He's like, uh, I don't know what he's thinking. He's like contemplating the meaning of meaning. I don't know what he's thinking. But I would say like, well, that wasn't it. But yeah, actually that is sort of irritating, you know? And so even if he misses the mark, it's sort of entertaining, and that humor <laughs> also breaks the tension. And another is emotion labeling. All you say is, you seem as if, or you seem as though. So he would say, you seem as though you're upset that I'm playing social chess with a guy in the Philippines when you're folding the laundry. <laughs> you know? And I would say, uh, yeah. And, like, even if he – again, if he misses the mark, it's kind of funny. Or it can get you more mad if he picks up on something else that he's doing that's, you know. Um, so that helped. And then – even um, mirroring, that's where um, there's, there's words of affirmation and mirroring. And that's when, if I'm ranting, you just go, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, okay, yeah, I hear you, yep, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, go on, yeah. And I'm telling you, it's hard to be mad at someone who's like, uh-huh, yep, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, and another another thing. And then the another one is, is um, mirroring. And that's where he just repeats the last couple of words you're saying. I know when he's doing it. It's just, it's not like it's a surprise, you know? And I'll be like, and I'm pissed. And he'll say, and you're pissed. <laughs> and it's just classic, like, marriage counselor. You feel enveloped in love and understanding. And it actually helps. And so every time I know what he's doing, but I appreciate the effort, and, and, it, and it does calm me down. So the FBI and Terry Reel, the guy from Boston, Mr. 800 an hour, I think it's actually gone up, um, those kicked off the festivities wow. and, and kind of started a resetting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the longest answer I've ever given in the history <laughs> of, oh my God. It was good though. You well, covered, you covered a lot. You know, you did. It's, it's dense. Um, I, I want to do that one though, that all I have to listen to is the last three words you say and then repeat them. And then you acknowledge that I heard you. I don't even think you could do that. <laughs> I yeah, really like, don't. Do you go somewhere in your head when she's kind of going on? Well, general- she doesn't go on and on. She's just okay. more of like a, like a loud and quick and done kind of thing. Oh. So it's not. I a, slam a lot of things. Uh, yeah. Walk yeah. around. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's more like I know if, if I feel like I, I just want to, I want them to know how angry I am. Yes. And so I just, you know. You hate. A lot of slamming doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rage, Mm -hmm. rage everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the maternal gatekeeping, which I think is so interesting Mm because I I think we do that a lot. I mean, 
I do that a lot where you give them a – I did this with my kids too where I'm like, oh, you know, can you help me unload the dishwasher? And I'm like, nope, not like that. Here, let me – this is how you're going to do it or, yes. you know, I, I have to like hold myself <laughs> That's how back. I do it with you. <laughs> right. Well, do you load from the back to the front or – Tom? Oh, it's a shit show. No, she loads from the it's bottom to the top. I <laughs> just pile it all just, in. Yeah, she just oh, throws... you're one of those. I, like, it's Frisbee Tetris. Loader. Tetris. Uh-huh. It's Yeah, Tetris loading. But like, you feel like that's the right way? Or? I just want all the shit out of the sink. I don't get. I don't care uh-huh. what happens with the dishwasher. It could explode as long as my sink is empty and everything is in there. Okay, and and the the empty sink is a thing. Well, right? I just I don't want to wash any dishes on my myself, so I want to get it all mm. in the dishwasher. Because when we were, this was another thing that, that triggered me when we were. <laughs> Tom would load the dishwasher with the with the glasses up. So that I'd have a oh, cup of dirty no. water with – gray water with chunks in no. it afterwards, which is not a good no. cocktail. Terrible. It's not – so, yeah, that was one of our – but the dishwasher is the site of so much so much tension. Yeah. And I, I even I, – I remember I asked um, um, a social scientist about that too because I'm like, why does the dishwasher come up again and again? Because people – when I do book events, they stop me afterwards and they, they pull me aside and they tell me sometimes horrifying things. But the dishwasher – she said it's because dishwashing is gross. It's unglamorous. It's not exci- – like even if you're folding laundry, you can be like, hmm, hospital corners. You, know, you but can like, watch TV. You can watch – you can multitask. Mm-hmm. But with dishes, even when you're slinging them in the way that you do, it's you have to pay attention somewhat. And it never ends. It never ends. You're never like, ah, it's always ongoing. So there's just no satisfaction in it at all. What did you ask me? I can't even remember. Oh, about the maternal gatekeeping. Oh, I, maternal gatekeeping. Was, yeah. Yes. So even with your kid, yes. And that's part of it is that it's. I can remember being so terrified to be a mother, but then I thought, oh, I, oh, I kind of got this a little bit. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right with this whole motherhood thing. I mean, that obviously blew up in my face many a time. But like, there's a there's a little bit of a power in it, isn't there? And like checking off the boxes and being efficient, you know, and and some. That was kind of exciting to me, and I almost didn't want Tom to get in on that, which is not good because mm-hmm. you can't have it both ways. You can't have – you can't – I couldn't moan that I needed an equal partner and then keep him out of everything. I mean, I can remember with maternal gatekeeping with food. Oh, my God. Did you not – well, where's her vegetable? <laughs> Did you not – you cooked her dinner, but you didn't make her a vegetable. Like, I didn't need to do that. It's okay if she has mac and cheese. She's not going to die of malnutrition. Right. Like, and I just had to check myself all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but it's 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 pervasive. And it's also, you know, hundreds of years of history. And that's the way it's always been. So we're, you know, where the mother is in charge of all that stuff. So, yeah. But it's weird because you, you have to figure it out on your own and nobody tells you how. I mean, Danielle Truly. always go back to when when the first time that we had our when we had our first uh, child mm-hmm. and she had Danielle had the C-section so we were extended stay in the hospital yeah so we were being taken care of for four days we were so happy like the baby goes away Jello. for the night <laughs> and you want food yeah. you get the food like they were like you do you need. want us to bring her in to sleep with you we were like fuck no keep her right. in the nursery feed her do whatever we'll you want we'll have her for 18 years it's all good and then day day <laughs> four comes thing. along and they're like here's your baby have a nice life right <laughs> and we're like what? wait what now what what do we do nobody told us how to what do we do how do we split this how do we how do we fix it how yeah. do we how are I remember we walking into our house and like being like you can't you can't be serious <laughs> right like yeah. you gave us a baby right <laughs> or even remember the car ride home yeah. you know and God. you put the baby in the car seat and you're yes. like what's mm-hmm. going on I remember looking at Tom's eyes in the rearview mirror because I sat in the back with the baby right of you course. know and seeing like he had like 
bulging red veins as he's looking back there, you know, terrified that he's going to wreck the car. Mm-hmm. We're all going to mm-hmm. die. But yeah, that's the thing. It's like you think you're prepared and then you get home and you're like, no. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shit just happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and that's the thing too, is I feel like with this book, it's some of my advice is not the sexiest advice because it's like, you know, have systems in place. You know, plan your weekend and have a meeting about it. Divvy up all your chores. Sit down, figure out every chore you do in the house and divvy them up. That is the most boring, horrible meeting Mm -hmm. in the world. But, like, when you have a baby, you're starting from scratch. Your marriage is not the same in any way as it was. Everything is different. Your weekends, your sleep, your money, God knows everything. And so I always say, like, like start over. And, um, you know. Purge. Purge and, and just begin fresh. And mm-hmm. and I wish instead of all we talked about, Tom, when I was pregnant, the only thing we planned was what color should we paint the baby's room? <laughs> like that's, you know, we were like ducks or bunnies. It, it wasn't anything <laughs> substantial at all. Right. And then when we got home, we were like, what? Who stays home when the baby's sick? Like, wh- wh- what do we – we didn't know about what to do about in-laws, what to do – how do we feel about religion? Right. Like nothing. I remember the Gottmans, John and Julie Gottman, the famous um, couples counselors, they had the best – they have this program called Bringing Baby Home, which I wish we knew about. I didn't think to plan ahead. But, you know, you have this workshop and you talk about this stuff. And one thing that I thought was interesting is name five ways that you were parented when you were little that you want to replicate and five things that you absolutely do not want for your own child. And I thought, God, even if we had just done that one, Mm. it would have – illuminated a lot of things because it's interesting you have these i hate the word values now but like you don't even know what your values are sometimes when you have kids and like i have friends who are like not religious at all and all of a sudden they're going to church and to temple and like you just don't know until a baby comes like you know even my child is asking me now about the afterlife and like all this stuff mm-hmm. that you're like gee i never really thought about it before <laughs> hey, very <Siri>. much <laughs> yeah hey siri exactly <laughs> and so even if we had done that we would have known philosophically what sort of page we were on about some stuff mm-hmm. but just that like keystone cops crap of like making it up day after day when we weren't fighting yeah not a good system not a good system Right. Well, that's the whole thing with – I mean, now there's – you really – I feel like you were at the beginning of this whole thing. I mean, it's really what you're talking about is the mental load, right? For sure. And and I think that that's kind of a term maybe that – even came out after your book, right? I mean, now now there's sort of like putting names to it, but now there there's a lot of books, you know, and you see book clubs about this stuff. But mm-hmm. you really were at the beginning of this. I mean, you were at the forefront of. I mean, for sure, oh, well, you really you. were, and <laughs> um, yeah. But now and now, I feel like you know, there's there's becoming more and more and everything. But um, but I love that you give so many um, you know, tips and that you actually went through all of it. You really were the guinea pig. <laughs> You know what I mean? You actually went through it all and did it all, which was so cool. Um, would you maybe write a follow-up? Well, I don't know. What What do you guys think? Because, I mean, you know, people always ask me, you know, how would you sum up why is there so much tension? And I say because for the last couple of decades, things have changed for women tremendously outside of the home. Now they're almost – it's almost half the workforce. I think it's 49%. Inside the home, things have not changed that much at all men are participating more but not not at 65 35 is what they find oh really and yeah. even like i'm sure that's way more than it was 30 40 years ago 
True. Don't but you think? Think? But they say, yeah, but still not as not as you would think that it would be. Not as much as it should be. They say that it's a lot slower. It's moving a lot more slowly than you would think. You yeah. know, the, that the, the, the bridge, the, you know, the gap or whatever is not mm. closing as quickly as we would think. Yeah, and the, you know, millennial parents, the, the, the men will say, oh, my God, yeah, 50-50. And then the baby comes in and it's just like, it's hard to get away from tradition. It is. I mean, it pulls at you. And like, and I'm also saying in the book, it doesn't need to be 50-50. Like, I think some of the more kind of hardcore feminist, you know, experts that I interview, they're like, 50-50, you know. But I think it's whatever feels good to you. It, whatever mm-hmm. feels equitable. Like, Tom cooks once or twice a week. That's not 50-50, but I like it. I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. And if it really is good for you, then don't get hung up on that stuff. But anyway, I don't know what to do next because, I mean, I could do – my kid's now 10. I could do tweens and teens. Mm-hmm. Or Love I could that. do sandwich generation because, you know, we're taking care of our parents and taking care of kids. Mm-hmm. My parents so- sometimes are more high maintenance than my kid, especially mm-hmm. when we go on vacation. Uh, yeah, I think that that's a really relatable issue is that, you know, we, we, I love that. I never heard of that sandwich generation, but it's true because we're taking mm-hmm. care of our kids and starting to take care of our parents. You're taking your dad to the doctor, you know. Yeah, like, absolutely. Of- and we're taking care of kids later and later now. Yeah. Well, that's the thing kids too. are getting so much older, but when they're moving out of the houses now, isn't it? It's creeping up to the late twenties now, isn't it? Something people are staying in their parents' house. Till... Oh no, yes. no, no, no! No, not our kids. I'm talking about <laughs> general, generally speaking. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um... I like that idea. Do I you? think that's really good. Yeah, and I also like the the, the tween, you know, the teen and tween thing because, I mean, I we we have there's so much that we never spoke about. It's almost like starting over in a sense that you're dealing with. Okay, fine, we did all the diapers and everything like that. Well, now we're doing the well. Who's going to talk to them about this? And mm-hmm. who's the one who you know? Are we flipping a coin to see who's picking the kids up at eleven thirty at night? Or you know, it's all these like new tasks that again you're relearning. Well, how do we divvy all this up? And well, who's mm-hmm. the one? who should you know well we have two boys does that mean he's talking to them both about sex and i'm talking to the girl like all these things that we haven't you know spoken about and we have a 14 year old like we got to get on this shit <laughs> so 14. yeah so you know it's sort of like you're re you're refiguring out all these new things and again you know you're talking about you didn't discuss all of this we have very different opinions about college and everything with our kids but mm. we have yet to sit down and really I mean, that we have to, we're gonna probably do that on the podcast <laughs> it'll be on the mic it'll be on the podcast <laughs> that'll be, that's that'll a good be our one. discussion oh for sure yeah but you know these things uh, were, in. that's yeah. also gonna be the divorce episode give me the same it's gonna be uh god <laughs> but you have wait i didn't know about whoa sorry so i got excited i started flailing yeah. sorry for hitting the mic um 14 yeah, the, 11 and 8 right so 14 so mm-hmm yeah, the college discussion. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. No spoilers yet. No, I know. See, yeah. I was trying to pull it out. I, of you. I was doing the thing. I was doing right. the, the uncomfortable <laughs> silence journalistic trick. Didn't work. You're good. That's going to have to be like a 10, a ten episode series. Oh, yeah. my God. I can't but but wait. again, it's, you know, it's the whole next level of, well, this is all, again, we got to figure this all out. And how right. are we going to feel? You know, how are you going to feel about, you, you know, if your kid brings home someone who they're dating who you don't like? And how are you going to, you know, it's a whole new set of issues. We did the diapers. We did the, yeah. you know, do we want, you know, who's going to baby? said who's gonna like we did all that now it's a whole new level of and it's what the fuck on you. <laughs> and the next it's level on you. of responsibility it's, like, it's like boing here you are like yeah. uh, that's the thing is how time i mean that was a don't you remember when you were pregnant and people would be like it goes so fast but it does and all of a sudden you're like wait we have a teenager right? yeah and right. you haven't done 
you're just getting through. And your, I still feel like know. I'm a teenager. Like I'm of like, course. who the hell let me do this? Oh my god! Right? I mean, it's like, who am I to? I don't know. But you, I have been. I did the sex talk. When did you first do the sex talk? Because I did the sex talk, but I've I've tailored it. It's only for procreation. We just have That's it. The kids just watch a lot of Showtime. <laughs> okay. Is that the way to do it? No. And then wait for questions to come Showtime. up? Showtime. What is it? Cinemax After Dark? Yeah. yeah. Is there still Cinemax? I think, I think she so. thinks. Cinemax. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I think she thinks that we had sex one time. Right. To have one child all done. Mm-hmm. Private parts can fall off now. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, and, our kids do not think that way. No, but 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 it is true. I mean, you know, we I do try to do like slipping in the little conversations here and there and stuff, but mm. I am certainly I mean this could be a whole this is gonna be a whole other talk. I am certainly waiting for him to talk to the boys because and you know, our mm. daughter you know, and and, yeah. and you're and we're not even taking into consideration of, you know, forget sex. Well sex sexuality. You know, we have, you know, kids who are gonna be well, what's my sexuality? Where do I spit mm. you know, fit in right. on the spectrum and you know and so there's all of that too. There's so much to take into account that you don't kind of prepare yourself for. Yeah, and knowing when the right time is to do it. Actually, because with our son being 12, it's getting to He's that 11, point. He's 11, sweetie. <laughs> He's 11? Classic. He's yeah. 11. <laughs> this year, he's 12. He will be 12 in oh, April. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But he I is, in it. fact, still 11. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's like Meg Ryan and, uh, and Harry Met Sally, and I'm going to be 40. When? Someday. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and so anyway, what I was trying to say, that, man, are you you're you're red? Why are you embarrassed? I'm the one who should. I'm not be embarrassed. Here. I'm just laughing so hard that I got I got a little. Uh... I'm prepping myself now. To, he's at that age where it's time. So it's time to start thinking about what am I going to talk to him? What am I going to say to him? I got. And he hasn't out, come to you at all. Not at all. He's still very. He's not. He doesn't seem very much like. Into dating, he's just with his guy Thank friends God. and sports. And, Same with Sylvie; and music she's very and... young in some ways, and I'm like, yeah. keep it up. Keep well, it yeah, up. I mean, we have an eight-year-old. He's still eight, right? He's yeah. still eight, and he's and he's just getting eight-ish. out of the toddler years as an eight-year-old. Fine, you well, know he's what I mean. Third kid, love it. So yeah. love there's it. not even a thought in my mind yet. How am mm-hmm. I talking to him? Right. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, no. But no it need. needs to, you know, these are all things we need to prep for. Well, I'm all for a follow-up book, but in the meantime, mm. um, I am hoping that people will go out and read How uh, Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids. First of all, it's so funny. You're such a good writer. Thank as you. much as I'm super um, obsessed and like jealous of your getting to travel right and all that stuff, um, I see why you're such a success because you really have such a gift. I mean, it's awesome. And Thanks. And you're funny, <laughs> you're funny and relatable. And um, I mean, I feel like, you know, we, we're kind of the guinea pigs too on our podcast. We sort of like are the shit show and then hopefully people will learn from what we did so yes. props to you for doing that too and um, all right, where else can people find your writing and find you um, um well let's see my um i'm my website i guess yeah jancydunn.net because because say it again someone jancydunn.net because someone was is parked on com wait there's reason. there's another jancy dunn so some company took jancydunn.com get and they tried to sell it back to me for a bunch of money. Oh, God. Uh, is it being used? On. No, it's just sitting there. I think you have a right to it if it's not Do being I? used for anything. Yeah, you could hire somebody for that. Ooh. And it's not expensive. It isn't? No, no, no. Not as expensive as marriage counseling. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. 800 <laughs> now. And, um, and, and, you know, I write for various magazines and newspapers. Oh, I write a lot for um, the New York Times parenting section, so I'm always in oh, there. Oh, that's 
awesome. Yeah. Super yeah, cool. Know. Well, I am living vicariously through you because <laughs> in my next life, I want to be Jancy well, Don. It's not cartoon bags of money, though. <laughs> That's Remember, all right. There's it's always like, grass is greener. Yeah, there's well, that. Right. You know. Oh, well, let me tell you, podcasting <clears throat> is just automatic millions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Making it rain. Making right. it rain. Yeah, per, per episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jancy. My pleasure. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, really fun. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com